0: when i went to college i had no idea that there was a hierarchy of brands i had no idea what really to look for i applied to one state college uh, went there and it transformed my life
1: this is the geese download a podcast from the university of illinois geese college of business i'm your host tim sinclair and today we're talking to john Byrne founder and editor-in-chief of Poets and Quants, the leading provider of MBA program information and rankings in the world. As you'll hear, John seemed to always have a passion for journalism and an appreciation for higher education, but you'd certainly never know it by looking at his family history. Uh, you typically, I start you know at the very beginning of someone's even upbringing and work our way forward but I think with you I kind of want to do the opposite and start with what you're doing now and why you're doing it and then we'll kind of work our way backward a little bit. Tell me about
0: Poets and Quants and what you do and and why you do it. So I created Poets and Quants about 12 years ago. In fact we just celebrated uh, our 12th year anniversary in August so we're now into our 13th year And really, you know, it does connect to my original story because I am a first generation college grad. Uh, My parents uh, never got out of high school. My mother actually was illiterate, didn't even graduate from, from grammar school. And so when I went to college, I had no idea that there was a hierarchy of brands. I had no idea what really to look for. I applied to one State College uh, went there, and it transformed my life. I am a complete, total believer in higher education. I believe that higher education is a necessity for people, even if they don't want to do a so-called white-collar job, because not because of the money, but because it opens up your mind and allows you to appreciate life in multiple dimensions and I'm talking about everything from being able to go to museum and enjoying what's on the walls to going to a symphony and listening to music uh, very differently than if you weren't educated to learning the value of history and how things fit together and how there's context and perspective to learning about how the economy works all of these things you learn in a great college education and so informing people to make thoughtful choices about college and graduate school is something that I feel really strongly about.
1: So it sounds like you're doing education on how to get the best education.
0: Yes. It's also informing people about what, it, what are your options, what are your odds of getting into these different options, what can you expect when you go, how do you make the most of it, and then what will your outcomes be? What are your choices once you graduate with a degree? And all of those things we write about in detail and we get into the weeds and we love the weeds. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a data geek, so I'm very nerdish when it comes to data. And and wonder, one of the wonderful things about higher education is tremendous amounts of data that you can surface uh, to help compare and contrast different programs.
1: I was gonna ask how much of this is analytical spreadsheet Well, the numbers say Illinois is the place to go or, or is there some subjectivity? I'm guessing
0: maybe a combination of both? It is a combination of both, but a lot of it is based on um, what I've seen and what I've experienced through the years. There's no significant business school in the world that I have not personally visited, sat in classrooms had beers with students, I talk about what their experiences were. I met with faculty, with the leadership. Uh, so I do have the dubious distinction of knowing a lot about business education uh, and having met major players uh, for a long period of time. I, ha- I do have this um, reputation of having created the first MBA ranking in 1988, hmm for Business Week magazine, where I was management editor. And I've written books on um, business uh, education.
1: Would you say the, the, the data you're putting together is primarily for prospective students? Is it for the schools to be able to say, look, this is where we rank, who, who is it all for?
0: Our target demographic is the applicant to uh, a business school. We want to help that person uh, make the right decision for him or for her. And we think that the way to do that is to provide as much information in the marketplace, to actually create a marketplace where there's information, where there's data, where there's reporting um, that allows you to decide, okay, my best fit is X, Y, and Z. And now if I'm going to choose between or among these three choices, um, I'm going to really look at the data and I'm going to really think about it and, and make my decision. So we want you to make a more informed decision so that the outcomes for you will be what, exactly what you want. And, uh, you know, I, I, one of the greatest things about what we do is the testimonials that we get unsolicited from people who've used Poets and Quants to help uh, guide their decision and then are grateful because we help them get there. In some cases, you know, you're helping people get into highly selective schools. In other cases, you're helping people choose among many, many programs uh, and getting through the clutter because there's a lot of clutter out there.
1: What is the, and there's a bunch of data, so probably a hard question to answer, but when you're advising students as to what to look for, are there certain line items that are really important compared to some of the others in terms
0: of what a business school offers for them? It's funny because I have some personal beliefs that invade my opinions. Uh, One of my great personal beliefs is is in the value of teaching and the quality of teaching. So uh, one of the things that we look at through all the different surveys that have occurred through the years is what schools have uh, the most effective, most inspiring teachers that they put in the classroom. That means a lot to me because when I went to school, college, uh, I had uh, professors who took a deep interest in me and coming from a background as I did with two factory workers who were my parents and no one in my family having a white-collar job. Um, That was truly inspiring, and it built a lot of confidence in me to be invited to a professor's home, for a professor to take a special interest in me, uh, who saw something in me that maybe I didn't see myself. So I put place an incredibly high value on the quality of teaching in the classroom. And, And it's measured because uh, there are a number of organizations that rank, uh, obviously MBA programs, and the, and the ranking that I created in 1988 was the first to actually ask graduates about the quality of the education they just received, and ask them in fairly sophisticated ways to get at exactly what I'm talking about. I'm curious then, since
1: that is something you believe so strongly uh, in, how you feel about the online side of the space where it's not just person to person in classroom, especially at Geese, the IMBA program where it's almost entirely face to screen. What are you seeing there? Benefits? Maybe, maybe negative? How, how do you feel
0: having seen so much and, and been around higher education for so long? I think online education has come a long way. It's really shifted the landscape of higher education. And what GEES is doing is making higher education more accessible and more affordable to greater numbers of people. And it's providing the kind of flexibility that many people today need and want. Many people cannot go to school um, full-time in a residential program. So then the question is if they still want to invest in themselves and improve uh, their level of skills, the talent that they have to even sand down the rough edges that many of us have, uh, an online program is a great bet. And the GEES program, dollar for value, it cannot be beaten, period. Um, there are a lot of online programs out there. In fact, in the U.S. alone, there are over 350. Uh, some of them are priced below geese, but they're not as fully featured. Um, the schools are not as fully dedicated to them uh, as the leadership here. And what do I mean by that? There uh, Some programs, they don't even have live internet classes on a weekly basis. In fact, some of them don't have any live classes whatsoever at all. So they're, they're just watching wa- something. just watching video. Yeah. So the professors don't even know who's watching them, uh, and you can't get to make that connection with a professor. That's different here because you have weekly classes. Uh, the faculty very much tries to connect with the students on the screen, even though there can be many of them. There are office hours that are held on a regular basis, and that's another way for people to connect with a professor. But more than that, there's a mindset. And the mindset is almost more important than delivery mode. And the mindset is we're here uh, not merely to do our research and consider teaching A pain in the butt. We're here because we want to improve the lives of other people. And that means that when you reach out to us, uh, either in class, office hours, or completely outside those mechanisms, we're gonna be uh, open to you, we're gonna be helpful to you, we're gonna be supportive. Uh, and that does make a difference, a very big difference. And that can be delivered in an online program, and it is. You recently recognized Dean Brown
1: as uh, Dean of the Year from Poets and Quants. Why?
0: Very simple reason. Uh, He is a true visionary, and he has shown remarkable courage and boldness in going all in on online learning. Now, most business schools uh, have online programs because they're exploding in growth. A lot of people are interested in them. It's another mode of delivery, um, but they're doing other things as well. And um, in many cases, they've created online programs that will not cannibalize their other existing offerings. So those those offerings are compromised one way or another by deciding to close down your full time MBA program, your executive MBA program, your part time MBA program, and going full in on online. Uh, a big decision was made. We are going to make this work, and we're going to make it work like no one else can make it work. And we're not going to get distracted by trying to protect other programs that really shouldn't have been protected in the beginning. Right. So that decision alone took a lot of courage, and he took a lot of heat for it. He took a lot more heat than he's even willing to admit. He got angry calls from alumni. To this day, there are still people who are angry about it. But the truth is that was the right decision to make, and the proof is in the pudding. And the pudding is success. This uh, IMBA program is the fastest-growing MBA program in the world in the last five years. There's no other program that even remotely comes close to its success. And when you speak to people who are in it, you hear nothing but love letters. Literally. I mean, I am uh, often shocked and I'm, I'm not a cynical person, but, you know, I am skeptical. Sure. And I drill down, and I, you know, what would you change about the program? Or isn't there something you really wish was different? Or don't you dislike this or that? Um, You know, you'll get an occasional something, um, but not a whole lot. I mean, people who are in the program, who have graduated from it, are truly ambassadors for it. And it's interesting to sit and talk to large numbers of people, as I have. This is my third I Converge that I've come to on this campus. And with each one, I get to speak to dozens of students at a time. And uh, their endorsement, their love of the program, and the faculty's dedication to it is extraordinary. And unbeknownst to anyone
1: at the time, it set the school up perfectly to handle the pandemic, when I would assume a lot of MBA programs were being reactionary to, oh my goodness, we have to figure out a way to teach students who can't be here. True.
0: Geese was already there. And not only there, but there in a way that was meaningful because what a lot of schools did is what I call remote instruction. They put their existing courses on Zoom. That is not an online course. <laughs> an online course is when a professor takes out a blank sheet of paper and redesigns their course from start to finish knowing that it's going to be taught online and knowing that um, attention spans uh, the need for delivery of education very differently when it's online versus in person is a necessity to make sure that the learning sticks it's also an opportunity to rethink what you've been teaching uh, and to do it better and that's what a real online course is, and that's what the IAMBA is. It's, it was a total reimagination of what an MBA curriculum should be, and how it should be taught remotely. Uh, now, Jeff, Dean of the year because he made those bold, courageous decisions to shut the other programs down. Bold because he kept knocking on the door of the university leadership here to ask for more and more resources to grow the program beyond anyone's imagination. And having been able to deliver the quality without major missteps that resulted in ugly headlines. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's no easy feat. Right. And he, ser- he picked uh, very good people around him. He delegated to those people, including Brooke Elliott, uh, who've done a sensational job in uh, making that vision come true. We'll kind of wrap up by going
1: way back in time. You mentioned your parents were factory workers, no higher education. What did you dream as a junior higher, high schooler thinking that you were going to maybe go to, to college, be the first in your family? What was the plan? Where did you think you were going versus where you ended up?
0: You know, when you're that young, you don't have a plan.
1: (laughs) Quite often, that's true.
0: And if you have a plan, you're undecided about it. Uh, Mm -hmm. If anything, I I wanted to be a rock critic uh, and I started out in my college being a rock critic for my college weekly and attending lots of rock shows and interviewing rock stars. Um, And I realized very quickly that that was not the way to have any kind of real impact. So um, I knew that you had to, you know, dig into some really interesting, provocative issues and write about them in provocative ways uh, to get people to think more deeply about what they were doing. And that's, that's what really turned me on. And I was very lucky because I found that early in life. I found that calling in college and was able to become editor-in-chief of my college paper for two full years, and um, that had the greatest influence on me of all because it made me have to lead a team of 40 people, all volunteers, all college students who obviously like to have a good time, But I was very serious-minded and wanted to put out a damn good newspaper that was provocative, that was compelling, that people wanted to read, and that in some ways even uh, frightened people because of the stuff that we were writing. Okay? So uh, that really turned me on. That set me on fire, and I knew that that's the life that I wanted, to be a writer and to write things that just made people think more deeply about what they did. I know
1: many around here would call Dean Brown a rock star, so you didn't fall too far from where he started.
0: <laughs> he is a rock star. And I didn't even talk about the fact that he brought in one of the biggest gifts ever given to a business school in history. It was under his leadership that that happened. You're talking about this podcast, right? The gift of this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> is that the one you're referring to? Larry's name on oh, this that school. Oh, yes. I haven't mentioned the fact that he's raised uh, a total of $310 million in the time that he's been dean. Uh, I haven't mentioned that he's strengthened the undergraduate program here, which is one of the best in the world, uh, revising the curriculum of that program to make it up to date, that he's kept, um, not only kept up, but improved the nature of experiential learning at the school. Um, You're going to get a brand new building soon, a $100 million uh, investment in a new building with classrooms and more studios including two TV like studios, studios that will be 40 by 40 in size um, the growth the innovation the boldness all of those reasons why we named the Dean of the Year sounds like a rock star to me thanks John thank you
1: be sure to join us for the next geese download In the meantime, you can learn more about the Geese College of Business at geesebusiness.illinois.edu.